So look, uh, thank you. Uh, this ride is going to be splashing down behind me. There's going to be dinosaurs roaring. Uh, we have an incredible couple days here, and tonight is going to be uh, it's going to be a night that you're going to remember. Um, this is a film that I saw when I was 16 years old. I don't remember how old you were when you saw Jurassic Park. I didn't know you, but you remember. And I see a kid out here. Are you going to see it for the first time tonight? Have you seen it before? Yeah? Anyone else who's going to see Jurassic Park for the first time tonight? Like that? You're a grown man. <laughs> you have no excuse. Uh, so, look, 25 years ago, and that's going to make some of you feel a little old. It makes me feel old. Uh, Steven Spielberg uh, brought Michael Crichton's book to life, and it's something that changed many of our lives. It made many of us want to become filmmakers, like me. It made a lot of us want to become paleontologists and scientists, like him. And I, I cannot be more honored to be able to be here tonight and speak to some of the people who are going to come out uh, and share their experience. I didn't make Jurassic Park. I had nothing to do with that movie. I'm just a fan like you. I am a deep nerd for this, and so I want to have a conversation with some people who did. It's overwhelming, John. <laughs> this park was not built to cater only for the super rich. You will remember to wash your hands before you eat anything. We have a T-Rex. That doesn't look very scary. Hello and welcome to the Jurassic Park Podcast. I am your host, Brad Jost, and today we have a special episode for you. A little bit of an audible journey into Universal Studios Hollywood, where they recently celebrated the 25th anniversary of Jurassic Park. Today we're going to be bringing you a lot of audio. Um, from the park and this exclusive event, we worked with a lot of people in the fan community to help bring this audio to you today. Um, Victoria from Victoria's Cantina graciously uh, let us use a lot of her audio from uh, this great video that she put together on her YouTube channel. We will have the link in the show notes for that. Um, it was very great. She did such great work filming and interviewing people. Uh, we also have Chris from Crisscross Media. Got some great audio from the panels that were uh, out there the, for two days, actually. He, he went out there and got some audio. Um, Matt, you know him as Sickle Claw um, on Twitter. He actually did the same thing, got some panel audio for us. We actually had some great callers who I discussed this with ahead of time. I, I said, you know, can you go out there or are you going out there? And if you are, could you bring us some reactions from the event? Because I really want to know what everybody is thinking. Of course, I did open the phone lines as well, so we have a few other callers to go through. We have, like I said, so much audio. Thank you so, 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 so much to Chris, Victoria, Matt, Kat, Jen for uh, you know doing some work out there for us even though we couldn't be there. Now, we kicked off this episode with a little bit of audio from Colin Trevorrow, director of Jurassic World and the untitled Jurassic World 3. He was the master of celebrations out there at Universal Studios Hollywood. 
doing the panels, talking with people in the community, the fans, everybody, riding the ride. He was uh, a master of ceremonies out there, so that was incredible to see. But yeah, Colin kicked off an amazing weekend full of uh, live entertainment, photo opportunities, uh, a bunch of exhibits and vendors, and uh, even themed food and beverages, which was very cool. There was um, a ton of merchandise and and all kinds of stuff. And of course, riding the ride, visiting the, the panels, watching all the the celebrities up there, the people where that we know have made this movie, Jurassic Park, the incredible movie that it is. Uh, the tram ride, oh, so many great things from this entire weekend. It was it was really a special opportunity for those who were able to go. So yeah, I uh, was not able to attend uh, the Jurassic Park celebration. Unfortunately, I know you know host of the Jurassic Park podcast didn't go. But, uh, yeah, it was tough to get out there. So I wanted to try to bring you a tribute to that weekend for those who didn't go, like myself, and actually everybody on the podcast. Not a single one of our podcast members were able to go out to this event, which is a real shame. But, you know, we we, uh, tried to have as best of a weekend as we could anyway. And we actually put together uh, a great video showcasing... Um, you know, our state of emotion when it came to this past weekend. So I hope you guys find that video on YouTube and enjoy it, share it around, because uh, it was a lot of fun to put together. But, you know, 25 years, that is crazy. I mean, it really makes me feel a little bit old to say that and to think back to 1993 when, uh, you know, all of us first saw that movie and started getting toys and playing the video games and all the... All the other stuff, reading the book, and it's just, it is really crazy to go back that far and to think about how much Jurassic Park has impacted us all. You know, if you're listening to this, you uh, have certainly been impacted by this movie. And we all have a very wide range of emotions when it comes to how we deal with this entire franchise. Uh, The things that keep drawing us into it, like I said, whether it's toys, the book, or the movies specifically... Uh, Even theme parks, you know, all these things work together to make us uh, a very cohesive fan base that that really sticks together through thick and thin, I feel. Um, And and 25 years is just nuts. Um, I'm always revisiting this story. Uh, Well, it's not really a story, I guess, but um, how I just do not remember seeing Jurassic Park for the first time, which is a real shame for myself because I would love to tell... A great story. There are so many great stories about people's first time seeing Jurassic Park or remembering it. And I always tell how I remember my mom giving me the the book for the first time or at least telling me all about it as she was reading it. And it was really scary, really impactful and all that. And Jurassic Park the movie has certainly impacted me. Look, I'm I'm over 150 episodes at this point. If you count all the bonus episodes, we're I think we're at 181 or two at this point. That's crazy. So it has obviously impacted me to the point that I've devoted so much time and uh, you know effort into trying to create a community, a sense of fun and and. Uh, a sense of worth, I guess, for people who want to share their experiences and want to be a part of something a little bit bigger um, because this podcast was created with that mindset that I don't want to just be the host. I want to be the facilitator for all these people to come together and share experiences, 
like toys and and you know we've had so many episodes about how the toys have impacted us um how the games have impacted us um just the movies in general it's it's going on for so long and i I love that fact that 25 years of this movie has created something really special for me at least so my memories of jurassic park in these past 25 years have really come together to equal this um, very fun podcast that I love putting together for everybody to listen to and share and and be a part of because I feel like that's the special thing is I never would have imagined being, what did I say, eight years old and sitting here now at 32 and and just doing this every single week, almost every night, thinking about it daily. Um, it just shows how... Uh, incredible this movie is and and this franchise i know there's been a lot of uh talk about this not being a franchise and a lot of websites have been writing about that recently which it's not true guys this is a an incredible a stellar franchise that uh we all know we all know it's incredible even though it has its faults over the past 25 years it's not always perfect but we are there for it you know we're here to share these experiences through the good and the bad all together because we love the first movie incredibly much and the second movie, the third movie, the fourth movie, and hopefully the fifth movie and uh, a little more on that a little bit later. But this is this has been an incredible ride over 25 years and I'm happy to at least bring you some of that celebration for those who could not be there this past weekend. I know I, I this, this past weekend I, I felt like a huge bummer just uh, it was so sad just to not be there celebrating with everybody and i really wish i could have had that opportunity to uh you know get together with all the friends and people out there the listeners and and the people who made the movie and all that stuff it would have been a great opportunity so on one hand i'm so excited for everybody who had that opportunity and for those who helped bring that opportunity to us here today, of course. But and I'm also sad for everybody who didn't get to see it and to hear it. So hopefully today I'll correct a little bit of that for everybody here. So I really hope you enjoy what we've put together. So I kind of brushed over a lot of details as to what uh, this event contained. So I'm kind of going to go one by one here and just go through some of the uh, awesome stuff that was available for people. So there was live entertainment. Uh, There was panel discussions with, oh my god, the amount of guests that were there, the special speakers and and, uh, people from the movies. You had people like, uh, well obviously Colin Trevorrow was headlining the entire thing. And honestly, I'm kind of afraid for this this job here. And not that not that it's an actual job, but man, he's going to take over and be the new host because he did an incredible job hosting the event. That was really incredible. I think uh, a lot of credit is due to the the performance that he gave for everybody to celebrate and to to host and do all that stuff. So I am incredibly amazed and uh, humbled by that. So that is amazing. So you know, he hosted the panel full of people like. Um, you know, you had Phil Tippett, Jack Horner, um, Dennis Murin, uh, Frank Marshall. Um, who else was there? Oh, yeah, I can't forget people like, you know, Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum. There were so many other people. Um, it was incredible. Uh, so that was that was probably the highlight. Well, maybe. 
Maybe the highlight. That was one of the highlights. Um, there was also uh, costume contests or shows and stuff, trivia, dance parties with the DJ out there on the on the stage. Um, they had all these photo opportunities. There was uh, Brachiosaurus, like a you know kind of like a statueish thing. Spinosaurus is obviously there all the time. Uh, there was a raptor encounter and the breakout and all that kind of stuff. Um, they had vehicles and a lot of fans. The motor pool specifically brought their vehicles out. Uh, the the insane uh, RV from the Lost World was there. So that, that stuff was amazing. Uh, there was also a lot of exhibits and stuff. So you could see props and clothing and, and all that great stuff. Um, there was um, a lot of displays from companies that are making products uh, for Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. So that was really great for people to kind of get an up-close look at a lot of these things, like the games and the toys and all that stuff. So I think that was a great aspect to kind of sell people on these items and, and get them closer to, so that they can experience them, let them see if they want to know more about it before they buy it, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, there, I think there was a gyrosphere out there. Um, but yeah, so many photo opportunities. I mean, Universal Studios is very photogenic to begin with, so add all these things into the mix, and it's just incredible. Um, I know there was a lot of themed food and stuff like that, and specifically that um, whipped cream that was uh, themed to the Barbasol can, which is incredible. I mean, obviously, that's the perfect choice. It was so great. I saw that in somebody's picture, and I'm like, wow, somebody just hit it out of the park. That was totally perfect. Um, and from what I hear, and you'll hear a little bit later, the merchandise was just out of control. Like, fully stocked with absolutely everything you could want and and specific merchandise for this. So it, it was very, very awesome. Obviously, everybody got to ride Jurassic Park, the ride, which we've learned uh, this past week that the ride will be closing um, in September so for those people who got a chance to go out to this event, this could have been the last time that they get to go on this ride because I know it took a lot for some people to get out there. And, um, you know, this might be the last time, the first time that they got to enjoy this ride experience in its current form. So there's not a ton of details out there at the moment, but in September, Jurassic Park, the ride in California will be undergoing a massive uh, reconstruction. So the advertisements have basically been saying that a new ride is coming, which is sort of uh, misleading to a certain extent. Um, if there's anybody out there that follows theme parks, uh, you'll know about um, Disney. Disneyland has the second park out there, and they have uh, the Tower of Terror, which was recently redone for Guardians of the Galaxy, Mission Breakout, so it's sort of along those lines where it's it's not a, a new ride. It's the same ride rethemed um, to reflect current times. So in that case, Tower of Terror with the um, you know the, the the theme that they had going on wasn't really working as well. It's certainly not as good as the one in Florida. So they decided you know let's change it up. Let's give it a little bit new life. And that ride has really taken off, and it's one of the, I think it is the highest rated attraction in Disney parks, which is pretty crazy to think. So, you know, Universal Studios wants to do that same thing. So what they're doing here is they're going to essentially keep this ride intact because 
the ride system is fantastic, obviously. The ride system with the float, uh, you know, you have the um, the boat that kind of goes through and floats uh, through the exhibits, essentially. And, of course, bumps off course and goes through a, a path of destruction and chaos and, and all that stuff. And eventually splashes down at the end of the ride, just after the uh, T-Rex encounter. So... That ride system is fantastic, and as far as we know, the T-Rex is staying. There may be other animatronics and things like that added to this ride, so I would stay tuned for news specifically on that, but we may be looking at you know, new dinosaurs in the mix, uh, maybe even like the Indominus Rex or something like that, which um, it kind of does bug me a tad just because uh, I, I'm not a, a huge fan of rides taking a story from a movie and and pulling it from the movie so you're kind of in that moment and it kind of dates the attraction so if you have seen the new um fast and furious ride that is actually in sort of in both parks in the states you have it out in california and in florida the florida version is a little bit more boosted uh, you know no pun intended or whatever but um there's a little bit more to the experience but They take a moment from those movies that doesn't reflect well anymore because the tides have turned and people have switched sides and the bad guys are no longer the bad guys. And it's it's all this whole thing that doesn't make any sense anymore for that ride to exist. So I hope that's not the case here where it throws us back into the story with the Indominus Rex when the Indominus Rex has died already. We know it got dragged into the, the, the lagoon there. So... I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if it pulls uh, you know, uh, itself into the mix there with Jurassic World or it does what it does now and creates a side story that doesn't necessarily um, infringe on any storyline. The, the park is supposed to be its own park. It's not really reflecting the events of Jurassic Park, even though it sort of, sort of is. It's supposed to be its own thing that's not – you know, taking in the characters or, or the uh, the actual spaces. It's so it, it's it's its own unique thing in that sense. So I hope this new attraction, themed to Jurassic World, this entire area is going to be changed up a bit. The the restaurants, the stores, the everything that's out there will be changed. So if you can experience this before it goes down in September, do it because you know that's the original. That's what you got to ride. And it's different than the one in Florida a, a little bit. So you got to at least experience that one before it's gone for good. But let's move on here. To, <laughs> that was a big tangent on the ride. Um, so, you know, you, you this exclusive event, um, you know, you have this panel with all these amazing guests and the costume show, the trivia, all that stuff. And then you get to go from the tram, this tram ride that they have out there. You get to go to a theater and you get to see Jurassic Park um, with all the fans that are out there. But, you know, there's, there's, of course, special surprises. So the special surprise that everybody's been teasing over the week is that you get to see footage from uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So a few weeks ago, we actually did this on the show where we went into spoiler territory and we told you all about this uh opening scene of jurassic world fallen kingdom and this footage was screened initially at cinemacon where they show off movies upcoming slates and stuff like that for theater goers or not theater goers uh theater owners and stuff like that so 
They showed the first five minutes of the movie already. We explained exactly what happened in that because we, you know, through our sources and stuff like that, we were able to um, amass enough information where we could put the pieces together. And um, that footage was shown before Jurassic Park. Uh, you know, a surprise to everybody. So that was incredible. So everybody's pouring out of this theater saying, oh, my God, I just saw the first five minutes of Fallen Kingdom. And initially it was actually quite confusing because some people are like, I just saw the first 12 minutes. I saw the first 10 minutes. I saw the, the first five minutes. So it, it's kind of crazy. But, you know, Colin Trevorrow, I think, came out and was like, we just showed the first five minutes. So that's that's what we're going to stick with. Five minutes. Um, either way, however many minutes, that's so cool. Um, I did hear that information and I kind of thought to myself, self, do I want to see the first five minutes of this movie before the movie actually hits theaters for good? I don't know. I'm kind of tossed on that notion because on one hand, yes, it is an amazing experience to view this ahead of schedule, ahead of, uh, you know, most general audiences to see some special footage presented by Colin Trevorrow. That was amazing. But on the other hand, I, I would be like clawing and scratching myself to find out more information to, to, to know what happens next and to not have that information readily avail available the second that footage ends. That's kind of tough because we all want to know what happens. We all want to see that footage. But at the end of that five minutes, it stops. And you don't get to see the rest of the movie, the the the, the uh, rest of the two hours of that movie. So it's a you know it's tough. It's a tough choice. Do you want to watch that and and be excited and be you know part of something bigger, or do you want to see it and and just be you know dying to see more, um, and be you know to have that information in your head for the next uh, month? But you know either way, it was incredible of them to. To do something truly special uh, for the people that went out to this event. So also for the people who did get to see Jurassic Park, they actually gave out um, special posters for the 25th anniversary. It's a very, very awesome poster. It's basically the uh, T-Rex breakout. You have the Rex, I think there was a vehicle there, and Grant waving a flare. And then in the puddle, uh, the, you know, because it was raining and all that, you can see uh, a... a brightly lit 25 in the puddle um, from the flare just reflecting off the water so that was incredible very great um, artistic decisions there I think it was beautiful that is that is absolutely like necessary to hang on your wall at this point so I think it's going to be an exclusive so it's going to be very tough or at least very expensive to get your hands on that so I want to start us off with some audio from the first night of the celebration. Victoria from Victoria's Cantina graciously lent us some of her audio that she recorded um, from this amazing video that she put together. It is on her YouTube channel. I do have the link in our show notes. So absolutely go check out that video. It's really great. And uh, yeah, she did an amazing job basically putting together a Q&A for a lot of the fans that were there. You know, she basically went right up to people, asked them, you know, their favorite characters, their their favorite Jurassic memories, um, their thoughts on the, the experience and so, so much stuff like that. It was really incredible of her to 
you know, not just capture, you know, her own uh, footage and stuff like that. She actually went to the heart of it, to the people that were there and got information straight from them and what they were feeling. So I really appreciate that and, and of course, for her own channel. So make sure to go check out that video as well. But aside from interviewing uh, fans and alike, she uh, got a quick, um, you know, clip of the DJ. There's a little bit of Colin, um, you know, opening the, the night there, which we heard earlier. There was also... You know, on this panel, you had uh, you had Colin, you had John Kreshmer, you had Dean Cundy, Dennis Murian. So another great uh, assemblage of of people who who really worked behind the scenes. You know, the assistant director, the cinematographer, so many great people that worked on this that have inside information to relate it to the crowds. A lot of the stuff throughout these three nights. Um, some of the diehard fans will say, you know, I've heard a lot of these stories before, but there were certainly some really great details in there that maybe not everybody knew. So I think whether you've heard it before uh, or not, it is great to hear it straight from the source and for these people to actually see them say it. Um, so it was very, very great. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to leave you guys off here with Victoria's audio interviewing people and a little bit from the panel. No kidding. Yeah. No, it works out perfectly, right? Awesome. Where are you from? I'm from Florida originally. Florida originally. Cool. Yeah. What is your earliest Jurassic memory? Oh, man. Um, you know, honestly, like, Jurassic Park came out right when I was being, like, introduced to entertainment, period. Just so I had older siblings. So I feel like I don't have any memories without it, right? Like, I just came out when I was really, really young. So my earliest memories have Jurassic Park in them. That's and, like, awesome. Memorabilia and like shirts and stuff. Uh-huh. It's all really nostalgic for me. Awesome. The toys, merchandise. Right. Yeah, all of it, all of it, all of it. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, bonus question: What's your favorite dinosaur? Your dinosaur's T-Rex, like hands down. I know the Raptor is really cool too, but I don't know. It's the first impression you get as a kid is the one that leaves the longest, like lasting impression. Totally. So, yeah, T-Rex. Totally. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks so much, Alan. I appreciate it. All right, what's your name? Joey from Long Beach. Joey from Long Beach. Great costume. Looks awesome. Thank you. So what is your earliest Jurassic memory? Oh, man. So seeing the movie in 1990, what is it, 2, 93? 93, yeah. But I remember being way too young that my parents shouldn't have let me see it. Um, So it was like the first, like, big kids movie that I got to see. And I was good for the whole thing except for the part where uh, when Lexi's crawling through the roof Uh and then the gyno jumps up at her. That, like, freaked me out for some reason. But otherwise, I was good. Nice. For me, it was when the T-Rex breaks into the glass. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. remember that. So scary. The goat leg, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was terrifying. It was a lot. (laughs) And do you have a favorite character? Um, Let me guess. That guy right there. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Or Sam Jackson, who's also just epic in in the first movie, too. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Does that work? No. It's stuck. I'm, I'm saying it's stuck. It's stuck. <laughs> At least the embryos are jam- secure. Right, they're safe, but they're jammed in there. Nice. Cool. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, no worries. What's your name? Jose. Jose, where are you from? L.A. L.A., awesome. What is your favorite Jurassic Park character? Uh, I thought we Alan. Which one? Alan. Alan Grant? Awesome. What is your earliest Jurassic Park memory? Uh, I remember all that when I was young, and I was... Uh, the dinosaurs, like at the end. Uh-huh. When the T-Rex comes in at the end, yeah. saves the day. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you, Jose. 
Okay, so what are y'all's names? Uh, I'm Luis Furtado. Luis? I'm Vivian Furtado. Vivian? Nice to meet y'all. Where are you from? I'm from Despera, California. Nice. Uh, what is your earliest Jurassic Park memory? Oh, good. Oh, I mean, I've been watching this movie since I was a kid. I mean, I had, like, the VHS version and everything. Like, we were just watching that all the time. I mean, now we've upgraded to the Blu-ray version, but... <laughs> yeah, we have the whole trilogy. We have all the movies. Uh, we read the books, both of them. Yeah. Um, nice. You know, Jurassic Park fans are here. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? It's got to be the original Jurassic yeah. Park. Yeah. Your original? Uh, there's just so much, you know, the plot, the story. It's just great. Nice. Do you have a favorite character? Favorite no, character? It's got to be Ian Malcolm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right on. He's so yeah. cocky and, you know, you, can, you can't hate him. I mean, you hate him, but in a good way. You know? Totally. And at the end of the day, he was right. <laughs> oh, obviously. Oh, he was super right, so. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks, guys. Yeah. One more quick announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a lanyard, please stay, have a good time, party rock with us. If you don't have a lanyard, please make your way up the starway towards the exit of the park. Only the people with the lanyard will be down here. Anyone else needs to go up the starway towards the exit of the park. Thank you so much. Left, left. What's your name? Alex. Alex, where are you from? I'm from uh, Daly City, California. Daly City. What's your earliest Jurassic Park memory? Ooh, my earliest memory, I think staying home from school one day sick, watching it on VHS, the original, like my dad. So, yeah. Awesome. I'm Amber. Amber? Bunny. Bunny, very nice to meet you. Where are y'all from? Huntington Beach, California. Huntington Beach, great. When was the first time you saw Jurassic Park? Uh, Cynodome. Where was Cynodome? Uh, and it was in, um, was Anaheim or... The Cynodome was right there. No, maybe Garden. I don't know. It's I don't know. Right Cynodome in, in Orange County. Okay. Is it still there? No. no it's, it's not. Down. Okay. All right. But it um, was so strong that when we were standing outside, you could feel the theater shake. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Jurassic Park character? Uh, definitely the raptors. The raptors? <laughs> I love Hammond. Hammond? Very nice. What do you hope happens in Fallen Kingdom? Um, that is a good question. What, what do you think happens in the next one? <laughs> well, I love the fact of the lava flow and everything, but I hope Blue escapes. Blue escapes, that'd be something. Or has right? a baby. <laughs> oh, that would be very interesting. Right? Wait, um, I just hope more dinosaurs. <laughs> more dinosaurs is always a great thing. Always a great thing. So, uh, in these three chairs, uh, the first is going to be the assistant director of Jurassic Park, John Kreshmer, and he's going to come out right now. The assistant director, let me, I'm going to sell assistant directors for a second. The AD is one of the hardest jobs in, sh in movie making, and the AD is there for every single second. So I think some of the best stories tonight, and some you've never heard before, are going to come from John. John Kreshmer. The next, the cinematographer for Jurassic Park, who also shot Back to the Future, and who framed Roger Rabbit, and Apollo 13, and Romancing the Stone, Dean Cundy. I know, right? We'll see. Uh, and it is a huge honor. Are there any, like, visual effects nerds out here? Yeah! Okay. 
we have a we have a legend here tonight. Uh, he started the year I was born on Star Wars. Woo! He worked on The Empire Strikes Back, on the Raiders of the Lost Ark franchise, on Indiana Jones, on Terminator, anything you can imagine. Dennis Murin. Hey, sir, what's your name? Uh, my name is Matt, Matt Brando. Where are you from? I am from originally Cleveland, Ohio. Very nice. When was the first time you saw Jurassic Park? Uh, when I was a little kid on VHS, I was uh, five. And five-year-olds were supposed to see that. But uh, luckily my parents, they watched it the night before. I'm like, hey, it's good for you. And it changed my life. So uh, yeah, here I am standing in front of probably my favorite of the three vehicles they explore because that's my favorite scene out of all the movies. It's when the T-Rex attacks this vehicle right here. It's actually oh, yeah. really cool that they have these outside here. Oh, totally. And what do you got there in your hands? What is this? Oh, my gosh. It's a Velociraptor, one of my favorite dinos. I wonder who got this for me. Huh. I think a chick named Victoria from Victoria's Cantina. She's really cool. Oh, that would make sense then. Yeah, that's really awesome. What's funny <laughs> is she knows I don't like Funko Pops, but I'm putting this on my desk because it's actually pretty dope. It's a really cool gift. So Very nice. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. So let's jump into the second night. We actually had Matt, a.k.a. Sickleclaw. You know him on Twitter. I believe his audio, whether it was a voicemail or an MP3, has been on the podcast before. So he's all over the place. Um, He actually did go out to the event for the second night and got us some audio from the panel featuring Laura Dern, Jack Horner, Phil Tippett, Frank Marshall. That's an incredible panel on the second night there. Um, so they they did a lot of discussing about the creation of this movie, of course, how it felt like an indie movie at the time. They ne- didn't necessarily know what they were doing, kind of piecing things together. There's some really great stories in there. Also, some of the clips will be provided by Chris from Crisscross Media. You know him on YouTube. He does some amazing uh, videos out there and diving into so many things. It's really great. I have all his links as well in the show notes. He did get a lot of that Laura Dern um, uh, audio as well. So there's we're going to switch back and forth between Matt and Chris. So I hope you enjoy this. A big round of applause for Colin Trevorrow! Hello. Hello, everybody. Here. Thank you. What's going on? Uh, so a couple things. Uh, one, like this, this party got really good last night. We had a minute where we had a bunch of inflatable T-Rexes that we had a live DJ. It went off. I don't disappoint us tonight. Uh, I like that we have like a fan con with a bar. That's. Uh, I think that's. I think that's cool. Thanks for bringing bubbles. Uh, I love it. Uh, I can't tell you how good this is going to be. I'm so excited. We have, uh, we've done a couple things. One, I know that you guys just went up and watched Jurassic Park. You saw the first five minutes of our new film. Have you enjoyed it? Uh, I've had the time of my life collaborating with Jay Bayona. He is brilliant. Uh, I think we have made a film that you all are going to love. I'm so excited for you to see all of it. Uh, but we are not here to talk about that. We're going to talk about Jurassic Park. Uh, 
I am, look, I'm a deep fan of this. I love this. I love this movie. I saw this movie when I was 16 years old, and it was the first time that I'd, like, openly defied my parents. I snuck out of my house, and I, like, put the pillows, uh, you know, under, I know you've done it, and I walked down, because my friend uh, was the projectionist at the movie theater, and he had to run it the night before, and so I got to sat in an empty movie theater all alone, and I watched this movie by myself as he ran it from the projection booth behind me, uh, and, you know, yes, it, it changed the way that I looked at cinema, it changed the way that I looked at, at science, at paleontology, at our relationship with, with the earth and with the planet and so many of the, the ideas that we're working with now in the franchise. But all of the people who are going to sit here uh, are, are legends to me, and I know they're legends to many of you, if not all of you. Uh, and I'm so excited to bring them out. The first one uh, is one of the preeminent paleontologists in the world. Uh, he has been a consultant on this franchise from the very beginning, Jack Horner. Uh, our next guest uh, is somebody who I had the privilege of working with uh, on Jurassic World. Uh, he uh, has been involved with uh, special effects and visual effects and in creature modeling and animation for the very beginning. He worked on Star Wars, he worked on Willow, on Starship Troopers, on things that we all love, not to mention Jurassic. Phil Tippett. Uh, next, we have one of the greatest producers of all time. Uh, he uh, produced Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, the Bourne franchise, uh, every Amblin movie that you loved, you know, Goonies, Back to the Future, uh, <laughs> all of it, Jurassic Park. Frank Marshall is here. Okay, check it out. Laura Dern. So last night, we, you know, I had a bunch of questions, and I sort of set them aside, and we had a bit more of a conversation, and that's what I would, I would like to do tonight. Uh, you know, let's... <laughs> you got the Clever Girl shirt. That's cool. Uh, uh, let's just talk about just uh, from, from the very beginning. You know, there was a moment in, in all of your lives when Steven Spielberg approached you and said, look, we're going to make this dinosaur movie. Uh, and, and as a paleontologist, when someone said, we're going to make a movie where they bring back dinosaurs, and they're here with us in the modern world... What was that conversation like? I don't know. He just called up one day and said, would you like to work on a movie? <laughs> said yes. Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I said yes. Uh, you know, he wanted me to make sure that the dinosaurs were as accurate, you know, could be as accurate as they could be based on the science we had at the time. And uh, he asked me to work with Stan Winston and his group and, ILM and and Phil and uh, and see if we could we could you know make dinosaurs look real and I don't know we kind of did I think. 
Phil, do you have a mic? Hold on, man. We have an extra one. Let's make sure he's got yeah. I got. Th I have three. Uh, what? Well, look. I want you know, when when uh, when Stephen said, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna make dinosaurs." I know initially you were talking about doing them as go motion animated creatures, and maybe you could talk a little bit about the transition from. Well, I, actually, the the first call I got was from Kathy who said, we want to make this dinosaur movie, and uh, we'll send you the galleys, and, but here's what we want to do. We want to shoot uh, the dinosaurs um, practically as much as we can, because uh, Stephen had gone to Universal City or something and seen like a bunch of stuff that gave him the hope that maybe you could make a bunch of mechanical dinosaurs. And that was the path that Kathy was on. I was like, going, man, I don't think so. And, you know, why not? It was like, well, I, I don't have a good answer for you, but it's kind of like um, the same reason we can't have golf courses on the moon. It just uh, it doesn't, it, it, that can't happen right now. So it's going to have to be a, a mix of a bunch of conventional things. And one thing led to the next, and we were going to do everything very conventionally with high-speed miniatures and, you know, the, the latest um, stop-motion, go-motion technology that we had. And then everything came unmoored, and the digital revolution happened, and I was drugged into the future screaming and yelling. <laughs> Do you remember that moment? Uh, I do. Okay, tell us. I that. do. And when you're talking, when Phil's talking about the galleys, the, the galleys are what they call the book before it's a book. And Michael Crichton had brought this book to us when we, at Amblin, and Stephen loved it and said, "Let's go make this movie." And that's when Kathy then started bringing together the uh, the creative components to do that. And one of them was to to call. To call Phil and ILM and Stan and all the rest of us, and we started doing a budget and a schedule and starting to put this together. Uh, Laura, when we were up, you know, we're up here. We've been looking down at you guys uh, having fun down here. We watched this these Raptors come out, and when it happened, you had like an actual physical reaction where you're like, I, I can't deal with it. Like it's it felt too real for you. Do you do you remember uh, when the the very first time when uh, you had to either pretend to be looking at a dinosaur or you really were staring one down like what was that like well yes i was in trauma just above this experience and um um our friend said you know you can be with the raptors like there's a virtual reality i was like i did the virtual reality i don't need to have that experience um but i will never forget it and i think it what it was extraordinary as people ask always what this experience was like the first time we made the film it felt like this pioneered indie movie because we were all there and these brilliant inventors were coming up with something that had never been done before some of which was right in front of us thanks to Stan Winston and some of it we had to imagine and it was extraordinary sometimes we didn't know what we were doing not that an x on a piece of paper isn't terrifying um and sometimes there was a raptor chasing us or a tennis ball yes true 
it's diverse. Uh, but it was extraordinary. It was, you know, one of the great memories of my life working on this. Ours too. Uh, so uh, let's talk about the animatronics for a second. That's that's a great thing to mention. It was Stan Winston, an, an absolute legend, uh, and I and I think that you know his animatronics. Even though we uh, we had the privilege of using many more uh, in in Fallen Kingdom, uh, the uh, which I love that we can do those animatronics at that moment uh, were something we had never seen before. We never could have imagined. So when when you first saw those animals, I mean, you're someone who's studied dinosaur bones your whole life, and when when you actually got to stand in front of a T-Rex, how did that feel? The T-Rex the T-Rex was incredible, and with the puppeteers all working it, it was it was scary. It was you know, we all would like to bring dinosaurs back, and and as far as I was concerned, in 1993, we did. I would just love to hear a little bit about your experience with Stephen, as it, it, one of the things I admire the most about him is that, you know, for all of his, his visual brilliance, his storytelling, he also knows how to communicate with actors, especially with children, uh, but can help you find a truth in, in an otherwise completely fantastical and sometimes even ridiculous situation. Uh, what, was, what was that experience like? Well, uh, it's pure magic. We know he's extraordinary, and it's one of the great experiences of my life. And while Phil and many other brilliant men were working on the sound design, and um, Stephen was plotting the imagery for the film, we also had to start shooting the movie. And I will never forget on the first day, we were, I believe it was day one, we were uh, in Hawaii, and we're lined up hearing a sound for the first time as we see rustling in the cage right before this thrashed, um, I guess almost like a gurney comes up where they had lowered down the scope. And it's exciting. This cow? 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 Um, a coat? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, but needless to say, we're there. It's so exciting. It's Stephen, this extraordinary cast. It's going to be inventive. We don't know what it'll look like when it all comes together. And we're all lined up. And on take one, we realize that we're all responding at different times to when we are supposed to hear the sound. So quickly, Richard Attenborough says, Stephen, my dear boy, um, we need your help so that we're all aligned. Um, and he's like, of course. I'm like, oh my God, he's going. I'm acting and directing you, and so amazing. So Stephen's holding his megaphone, and they roll camera, and we're lined up. Richard's to my right, and Alan Grant's, and Neela's there. And we look down, and we're waiting for this moment to hear the first sound of the dinosaur that Phil's working on with the group of somewhere else. And suddenly, in this moment, comes Stephen going, Roar! Roar! And <laughs> Richard Ambrose looks at me and he goes, Oh dear, I, I, do you think this will work? <laughs> it was like a moment of panic. But from that moment forward, magic did appear, 
And I have to say, speaking of the animatronics, on the day that I walk through this field and see that triceratops, I, I genuinely started crying. It was one of the most beautiful creatures I've ever seen in my life. And watching the breath, its eyelids, its tongue, its mouth, I mean, every, the way it was moving and reacting, it was working with this extraordinary being, it was just mind-blowing. But D1 was a little tricky. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little interesting. I think the, um, an obvious question that I'm sure we ask all the time is, you know, did you ever think that this movie was going to be, you know, as big as it was? But I, I have a much more specific question for you as a character. Did you imagine when you were playing Ellie Sattler that that character would go on to be one of the most iconic women in the history of film? And so that you could, <laughs> the character is so important to so many. Did you have any idea? Well, Stephen did say uh, the first time we met to talk about it, he said, this is a movie with dinosaurs. These things are going to happen. This is maybe different than a David Lynch movie, but I'm just going to say this. We are going to invent feminists. No one will forget. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> it sounded amazing. Um, and, it, and it's, you know, a, an incredible privilege. Um, thanks to this gentleman here and all the others involved to have been part of it and to uh, yeah, to watch how Ellie and these characters live on. Very exciting. Frank, uh, I was mentioning mistakes uh, and, and I think some of the kind of, uh, not really errors, but unexpected things that happen on movies are weather, uh, storms. Uh, I've heard a story from Kathy involving a whole plane coming in to uh, take people off the island. Yeah. Tell me about all that. Well, it's actually kind of wild. How about the volcanic eruption that's happening right now? It's part of our advertising campaign <laughs> in the Fallen Kingdom to get everybody's attention. No one has been hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Evacuations have happened. Good. All good. Um, no, uh, you know, it's kind of a famous story of Hurricane and Nikki coming in, um, and uh, I do take a little credit for getting the crew off of the island, because before Kathy and I met, she was not a runner, and she began running because I was a runner, and she was in great shape, and when the hurricane hit, and there were trees that debris and everything over the roadways and over to get the airport. She ran five miles to the airport on Hawaii, somehow commandeered a plane to take her to, well, she's a smooth talker. She got, <laughs> she got her way to Honolulu. She, uh, she figured out what was needed back on the island and how to get a 727 back to the island and they needed some supplies, uh, mostly food. She talked her back from Safeway. We got some food on the plane, she jumped back on. They went back to Hawaii. Uh, everybody's lined up at the airport. They got on the plane and suddenly um, she looked up in the cockpit and guess who was flying the plane? Jock. Jock. Fred from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Jock, who was sitting fishing on the float plane at the beginning of the he was a commercial pilot. He flew for Hawaiian Air, and he was, and then he realized what the crew was. And so, as they took off with the crew from Jurassic Park, 
said, hello, I'm Fred, your pilot. Da -da -da -da. Da -da -da. And you know what? You know, because of what Kathy did, if she wanted to run for president, I would tell everybody to vote for her. We're not doing that. <laughs> Big mistake. You guys don't have franchises. No, that's it's amazing. Like the the act of producing is something that's so vague to a lot of people. It's really hard to understand specifically what it is. And that that story, uh, it's not the only thing. But if you want to know what you know, hardcore on the ground producing is, it's that your FEMA. You know? Well, and that's what happened because because when you're a movie crew, you're a little army and you have everything. And so the crew, while Kathy was gone, was helping everybody on the island. They had chainsaws, they had trucks, they had tools, they had alcohol. Alcohol. <laughs> the most important thing. And uh, and they were ready to go when she came back with the plane. But it is. Making a movie is problem solved. Um to stay on the hurricane for a second, uh, you know, tell me about the experience of the actors, because that's, you know, if, if, if you have given yourself uh, to a character and you're that person, to suddenly realize, and you've been pretending to be in danger, that to shift into being an actual danger. How did Stephen work with the children, especially, and handling, you know, that kind of intensity? Well, it was incredible. We all actually ended up in a small conference room. Yeah, like a ballroom. Yeah, together, um, going through the experience, um, which was, you know, horrific. None of us will ever forget the it. The ceiling collapsed. The ceiling collapsed, and we had to move to one corner of it. We were ultimately below sea level. We now processed, which was terrifying, and. Um, somehow got through it, thank God, obviously. Uh, I have to say my strongest memory as an aside, which speaks to everything we all love about Steve and the filmmaker, is that I got, we sort of got paired up um, at the end of the hurricane in order for everybody to kind of keep track of each other. Uh, and our crew was extraordinary. These guys went out with everything they had to help. And the generators, they had generators wherever the power of the hotel. Cutting down trees so people could get through ENTs and everything. I mean, it was pretty amazing to, to watch everybody work together um, for the island of Hawaii. And then that first night we were paired up and Stephen, um, just because we had time to kill, and it just made me so, I just love this so much. I guess was bored and can't stop directing. He had a flashlight, he had a little emergency kit, and he had a flashlight in it, and he goes, look, come here. And he puts me in front of the mirror of the bathroom in this tiny room, with like one section of the hotel had been untouched. And he stands me in front of the mirror the flashlight, and he goes, love story, horror film. Love story, horror film. And starts lighting me, he's like, okay, say this one. And I'll be like, yes, my dear. And he's lighting me as though, and then he gives me a scenario, and he's like, okay, the dinosaur's coming. I was like, oh my God, you cannot stop directing, even in the middle of an emergency. I thought it was the most amazing thing ever. But he was always at play and always an inventor. And I think somehow that kept such calm for everybody. And, and as well, he was, I think, the last 
voice on the radio, remember that? To the US, to Los Angeles, they had NPR or something. Do you remember he was on the radio and then they cut out and everybody didn't know what had happened. And it was, it was quite terrifying, but we were incredibly bonded. It was an amazing experience to go through something like that. Like you guys out, you know, at, you know, the doors, the hotel. Into the storm. In the storm. And some of the shots are in the movie, yeah, right? Of yeah. the breakwater and all that stuff. And there would be like, you know, it was like a hurricane. <laughs> and there would be these giant pieces of aluminum that were like razor blades, four by eight sheets going blah, 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 blah through the air and they would be out there like grabbing stuff. No, and it was the day before they would finish. There was one day left and they didn't make it. They had to come back to finish. Pretty amazing. It's incredible. So like you go through all of this, and, you know, going through any movie, like it is, it is, it is an ordeal. You're pushing a giant boulder up a hill and, and and yet, you know, you get to the end of it, and now here we are 25 years later, and you're looking out at all of these people who genuinely love this thing that, that you all created over the course of that experience. What is it that, that, that made this movie, beyond most all other movies ever, create this kind of love? I don't know. We have to ask them. Dinosaurs! Dinosaurs. Right, it's the dinosaurs. Because they were with us at some point, I think. That, that's what makes a difference. It's science fact fiction that we're creating now. But you know that that guy was here one day. And, and that's, I think, what... And there's, and there's the science of it and the paleontology that we all learned at school. And it's cool now we get to see them actually tell the story. And the magic of that experience, sorry, of, of us coming up to the crest in the Jeep and just like you, the cast, we had a screening with Stephen and Frank to see what we were actually seeing there. And the first time, like you, that I saw what they had invented, I was, we were all in tears. It was so, it's the most beautiful, extraordinary image I've seen in a movie. I was so moved by it. So it was such a blessing to be part of what everybody worked together to invent because as you all said, that's what yeah, we, we all got, in love we with. We got really lucky, you know, uh, to have Stephen there. But, you know, when you've done enough of these things, you actually never really know until it's all glued together. And so Kathy invited uh, me and Dennis Spearin down, and I think it was like a, one of the answer prints um, at Amblin. And so it was just us in the screening room, and she ran the movie. And she goes like, what do you think? I go, it's not terrible. And she goes, that's what I thought. <laughs> and I said, you know, that's like the greatest thing you can feel as a filmmaker when you realize that you've worked on something that didn't Disappointing. <laughs> well, there's so many things that go into it, and including the music. that's starting to drive me crazy here, but it's driving <laughs> you crazy. You know what I mean? But yeah, so at that moment when you see it, now there's this scene that we all know in our sleep. Yeah. So it's all of these elements coming together, and you really don't know until they're all together. 
I, you know, for, I'm gonna answer my question. Uh, for me, uh, I, I feel like there's a humility that's in I mean, there are other movies with dinosaurs in them, but uh, to me, the, there's a humility in these movies uh, of us in the shadow of these creatures that were here before us that are, are so magnificent and just remind us, we even have a line in one of our movies, remind us how small we are and how new we are. And I think that in, in all of the work that you did, that humility is infused into the film. We, we recognize that, that this story we're telling is, is bigger than us. Uh, and look, the legacy that all of you have left behind, I think is evidence here, it's evidence in all of the of your kids who are gonna watch this movie, uh, who have seen some now for the first time. Uh, it, it's humbling for me to be up here with you, so thank you so much for coming and sharing all of this. Thank you guys. Thank you. And for the third night, we're going to stick with Chris from Crisscross Media. He actually stuck around for another night to hear Jeff Goldblum. So that was an amazing panel. Not only featured Jeff Goldblum, you have uh, you had Gareth Edwards who who directed uh, you know Rogue One and, and Godzilla, and then you have Jordan Vote Roberts who did uh, Kong Skull Island. So um, I, I don't even know. There might have been somebody else or, or more people. I, I it's Jeff Goldblum was there. That's all you need to know. So so he's got some audio from that as well. So there's some great details in there. Let's take a listen. I could never move as quickly as I was in that first movie. Well, what, uh, while I have you, uh, what, uh, you know, you read a book that had a character in it, Ian Malcolm. And, uh, you know, you went through a process of deciding how you were going to bring this character to life. And what were some of the things that you thought about before you even stepped on the set with this guy? That's a very interesting question. You know, did, you, did I tell you that where, where, I told you that story where... Well, you didn't tell them. But I'm sure they've heard, because I've told this story where I had a meeting with Steven Spielberg, uh, you know, in his office some somewhere close to here. Yeah, and... Um, I'd read the book, and by the time we had the meeting, he said, you know, there's a new draft of the, of the script uh, where your character is eliminated. Your lines are kind of taken up by um, Alan Grant, and I kind of made a pitch, and anyway, I got in the mood. Um, but, but just a little bit, you got in the mood. Yeah. Can, can I, I'm sorry. I, just, I, I have to mention to you guys something that I've always wanted to tell Jeff for 25 years, which is when you when you see the scene where they're in the Jeep and they're just before they get the tr Triceratops and he's doing the chaos theory sequence, and then uh, Sam gets out and then Laura gets out and he says, and here I am by myself and that's chaos, I'm proving it. It seems like he's making those lines up. Jeff is the most unique actor I have ever worked with, and I have worked with thousands of actors. He is the only actor I know who you think is making up the words. He makes them his own. And those words are absolutely scripted, but you would never know to watch the film, so thank you. Thank you so much, John it's one of the, it's something I'm very envious of as a writer in that, you know, we, we write these new films, but when you watch Jurassic Park, so much of that dialogue is from Crichton. It's from the book. And on most, most of your iconic lines are from Crichton. Humanity and our wisdom and our best thinking and how to manage genetic power, for instance, and what to do with it. 
so that the world can work for everybody. Not a few people can get rich or one nation can prevail over another, but so that the world can finally work for everybody. How do we use these things like that? Like you would, you would, you would dealt. <laughs> You had dealt with uh, makeup and, and this kind of you know creature effects before, but when uh, I don't, and I'm actually curious what the first animatronic was that you had to interact with. Was it the T-Rex scene? Uh, was it the Triceratops? What was it? No. Here's what I here's what I remember. Do you know we were there? Uh, and you'll bear me out unless I'm wrong. Unless there was one before this, but I think the first. You know, we shot in Kauai, Hawaii, for the first two weeks. Uh, famously, and there's much to say about that, but I believe the first time I saw a Stan Winston animatronic uh, dinosaur was in the scene with the Triceratops. Yep, 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 yep. The sick, sick Triceratops. Sick Triceratops. You remember it, and Jerry Mullen, of course, who was another big producer on that movie, played the veterinarian, and then we go up to it. It's where I believe I say that's one big pile of that, was, that is correct. That was the next day. But that's that scene, isn't it? That's kind of that sequence. And then we came, well, I, we came upon that thing. And of course, it's not on the back lot of Universal where we shot most of the rest of the movie, but in what is the natural, what looks like, I guess, what's supposed to be Costa Rica. or Anyway, it looks very authentic. And uh, you'll know better than I do, the puppeteers or whatever they're called, the master craftspeople, our seven or eight of them, as I remember, were hidden in some kind of bunker underneath. Underneath. So the actors, when we went up to that thing, we saw a life-size triceratops, for heaven's sakes, breathing and blinking and doing everything, and it was absolutely breathtaking and st stunning. How about that? It's incredible. I got one more. Uh, if you saw Rogue One, Gareth Edwards. You guys both make pe uh, movies people care about. <laughs> I wish uh, I could make a movie that people yeah, show We are not worthy, by the way. Can we just say that first? So I brought these guys because we are three filmmakers who all are, are roughly the same age. You're a little young. But uh, we, all, we definitely all saw Jurassic Park as, as kids or, or early teenagers. Uh, and I, I just thought, you know, as fans, as guest fans, you guys might want to ask one of, the, one of these guys a question. Jordan. Uh, Jeff. Yes, sir. There's a shot in that movie. Yes, sir. With your shirt unbuttoned. <laughs> you're laying on your side. If I had to describe that frame, it would be smoldering. <laughs> I'm just curious. Talk to me about when you were shooting that shot. Did you know that was going to be as iconic? What did Steven say to you? Did you know what that frame looked like? How amazing it is? Uh, no, I had no idea. You're so sweet. And I had no idea about that, of course. Nor do I have memory. Wait a minute. John Kretschmer might be able to shed light on this. Because I do not, and I've been asked about that, I don't have any memory of how, I don't think it was in the script that I was shirtless. It must have been... So it was you. It was, it was Jeff. <laughs> the sexiest mathematician he in the world. Knew. He knew. 
I swear, I don't remember a conversation. Did, did I say, hey, Stephen, can I take my chair and I, can I, I, what, what happened? I just, uh, you just did <laughs> Because he's a sex symbol. I promised them surprises. That was going to be my question. <laughs> my question was going to be, Jeff, do those buttons still undo? <laughs> do the buttons, the buttons, do they still undo? And lastly here, I did want to focus on a few voicemails. Like I said earlier, Kat was out there uh, reporting back to us. Also Jurassic Jen. So we'll listen to those two first. And then we also have Stephen Ray Morris from See Jurassic Right. He uh, reported back after the event. I'm not sure. I think maybe his audio cut off. But uh, sorry about that, Stephen. I don't know what happened there. Or maybe that was just the end. I'm not too sure. But thank you so much for calling in. We also have Jonathan who went there on Friday night. And he'll talk about some stuff there. So thank you so much, Jonathan, for calling in. And we're going to wrap up that segment with Yaroslav. Uh, He's got a great story. So uh, stick around to hear everybody discuss this event and tell their thoughts. There's some good stuff in there. And um, I hope you enjoy this as well. Hi, Brad. It's Kat calling from California at Universal Studios, Hollywood. Here at the... 25th anniversary of Jurassic Park celebration. They just had an escape of a raptor. So that's what all this noise is going on. It's very exciting. <laughs> anyway, this event is a lot of fun. So I'm calling in to report that uh, definitely worth the 70 bucks. So far, we've been on the ride. We've seen a panel of the filmmakers. We have seen all sorts of exciting props and vendors promoting their games and things that they have for sale and it's really exciting it's quite the celebration i would say there's about 200 maybe 300 people here very small group for something like this and then they're going to take us on tram through the backstage area to go up to the movie theater to see the film so that's what's coming next and colin who was here said that they're going to do Something surprising up at the movie, so we'll find out what that is. We're not sure. Anyway, it's it's a really cool night, and I hope you guys can come to either the one tomorrow or the next night or the ones in Florida. I also saw someone on Twitter saying something about trying to get together the podcast uh, for the last night of this ride since they're going to be closing down this ride and changing it over to Jurassic World. Anyway, we will... Talk soon. Thank you. Bye. Hey, guys and gals. It's Jen Durst, a.k.a. Jurassic Jen. And I just wanted to call in about my JP25 experience. First off, I was so excited about this event, and I wound up getting jury duty. So I was sitting in jury duty, dying to rush out and head to Universal Studios on Friday evening for the first night of the event. As a whole, I had a great time. I met some fellow Jurassic Park lovers, and it's seriously so refreshing to be around people who share your love for this movie. It just, it feels like home. So that within itself was a highlight for me. And I go to Universal Studios a lot, so another highlight for me was seeing the stores filled with tons of Jurassic Park and Jurassic World clothing and merchandise. I'm usually upset because I don't feel like they ever have enough. They don't represent Jurassic Park enough, but that night, of course, they did. 
another huge, huge, huge highlight for me was seeing myself on the huge IMAX screen because they showed a fan recreation scenes before the movie. So that was huge for me. I also loved the Jurassic food themes. I basically bought everything. And for the drinks, I had the bartender make me a drink specifically so she could put whipped cream on it because the whipped cream was in a barbasol can. So I had her do that. I think I even recorded it for my IG. I did have a few disappointments. I think because I'm always at Universal because I have a pass, I expected a little bit more from them. I didn't get to see everyone I planned on seeing, but that kind of was my fault. That's not on Universal Studios. And I think my biggest disappointment was we were told the screening started at 10.30 p.m. So I went to the bathroom at like 10, started chatting with a fellow fan outside. I went back in around 10.15, and my friends were looking at me like they were scared to tell me something. And it just so happened that I missed the opening of Falling Kingdom, which I heard was epic. But. I'll be okay. I guess I just have to wait till June. But in light of it all, I was still so happy I went. I wish I went all the other days because it seemed like Saturday and Sunday were a bit more epic. Maybe they were getting the kinks out on Friday since it was the first night. Who knows? But I still had a great time. And I met new friends. I went with some of my old friends. And I actually wish we could have more meetups because it just feels so great to be around people who share that passion. So it was great to see how many fans were there and to watch everyone's IG stories, the people I follow. And it was just, it was a good experience. I feel like, I can't wait till Fallen Kingdom comes out, but I just feel like it's great to be around fellow fans. So we wish you were there, but maybe there'll be something else that we could all do together. Well, that's it. Hey, Brad, it's Stephen Ray Morris from Sea uh, Jurassic Ride. And I just want to call you because I just got out of the JP25 anniversary event at Universal Studios. I was hanging with the the boys over at Jurassic Outpost and uh, so much fun. Just everybody, Jurassic Park t-shirts for miles and just really good vibes and everyone was really excited. And um, we got to see the first opening uh, minutes of Fallen Kingdom and... It's I, it's big. It's exciting, and it feels terrific. Um, yeah, it was such a cool – even though I didn't go the full day, I'm going back tomorrow, but it was just such a wonderful – you know, every everybody of all ages and, and families and friends, and it was just such a cool vibe, and, you know, I don't know. It was really awesome. Hey, this is Jonathan here. Um, I just want to talk about the Russell Park celebration at Universal Studios. I went Friday night. And the main thing I want to focus on here is that before we got to, before we watched the original film, we got to see the opening sequence to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And it was it was so amazing to be able to watch it and have Colin Trevorrow in there with us watching it as well. The whole atmosphere with the crowd being excited to see it and having having Colin Trevorrow there watching it was very, very cool and something that I won't ever forget. Then also I'm not going to spoil anything about the movie, but the opening sequence was very, very good. I'm very, I was already excited for the film, and this made it just much more exciting. This next month or so, waiting for the movie to come, it's going to be very hard, but I'm very excited for it. Thank you. Have a nice day. Hey, Brad, Jaroslav, uh, Jaros428 on Twitter. Uh, I just want to call in and, um, give you guys my, um, my experiences at the, uh, the, uh, JP25. Fan event at uh, Universal Studios. Um, 
Oh, yeah. I didn't go. <laughs> no, but I just want to say uh, I'm glad that uh, they did this thing. I'm very happy for all the fans that went. Um, yeah, like all the loyal fans, they deserve this like a long time coming. So um, I'm so happy that they uh, got to, you know, see all the props and go on a ride, you know, endlessly and see all the um, – uh, or hopefully, I think they met, uh, you know, the cast and crew that, uh, were a special guests. So, yeah, I'm very happy for them. You know, saw the vehicle props, um, just everything. And, and, you know, I just got to meet each other. I'm sure they've been friends online for a while. So, uh, you know, I went to the Philly event and that was an awesome experience. So I can't imagine how these guys felt, uh, with this being, you know, I guess an even bigger event than that. So, you know, again, I'm very happy for them, and uh, you know, hopefully, there'll be another event to come in the future. Uh, you know, more of us will have a, a chance to go. But yeah, this is awesome, great way to celebrate the 25th. So, yeah, can't wait to hear everyone else's you know actual experiences. Cause uh, yeah, I didn't go. <laughs> Bye. I can't thank everybody enough uh, for sending in audio and calling in. So thank you so much to Chris, Victoria, Matt, Kat, Jen, Steven, Yaroslav, Jonathan, and uh, even all the people that were in Victoria's video who we featured here today. Thank you all so much for, uh, you know, thinking about the podcast and thinking about more specifically the people who couldn't be there, who really wish they could have bought a ticket to the event and go ride the ride and see these panels, get a glimpse at some of the props and costumes and, you know, answer trivia, do all that great stuff. So I think it's I think it's great to bring the audio to people's ears. Let them experience something that they didn't get a chance to experience themselves. So thank you so much again to everybody for doing that. I, uh, I hope you enjoyed this uh, bonus episode here. Um, it's been a great time putting it together. If you guys want to hear more from the podcast, we have new episodes every Monday. And bonus episodes constantly. Uh, we have probably over 30 bonus episodes now um, in a string of 180 episodes. So thank you so much for just sticking with us after all this this content. Uh, it's been ramping up like crazy and it's going to continue um, throughout Fallen Kingdom and all that. So it's, gonna, it's not stopping yet. Uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to kind of relax after Fallen Kingdom comes out. But for now, we're going all out. We're not slowing down. But if you want to find out more, go to JurassicParkPodcast.com. Find all of our information there. We have articles. We have videos. We have a new contributor page. So you can find everybody who participates in this uh, podcast each and every week. Um, go to iTunes. Subscribe. Like the show over there. Review it. Please review it because it helps us get seen uh, from uh, other Jurassic Park fans that are searching for more information, for constant discussion. Also find us on Google Play. You can follow us on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod, on Instagram, at Jurassic Park Podcast. We are on Facebook, and uh, we're doing a lot of work over on YouTube. We've we got a great shipment from Mattel. They sent us a bunch of awesome toys, so we are currently in the process 
process week after week of reviewing those items uh, a few at a time. And, and we're producing video content as well. So you can hear the bonus episodes reviewing those items here on the podcast, but also see us reviewing them. Uh, me and Aaron Beyer, who has, you know, he's been joining me on the podcast for the past few years now, and he's been doing these reviews with me. So it's been great covering all those uh, Mattel items, Matchbox items, Imagine X items. There's been so many great items in there that we've been kind of going through, reviewing, showing off to the camera. So really go to our YouTube page, find all of our great content. I hope it's great. I'll say it's great because I have a great time putting it together. So please do us a favor, go to our website, follow us on Twitter, review the podcast, subscribe, tell everybody you know, like, share, do all that stuff, and we'll see you next time. Enjoy. Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast, and of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.